is the 41st president of the United States, George Bush. A new partnership of nations has begun. And we stand today at a unique and extraordinary moment. Our fifth objective, a new world order. A shadowy cabal that has infiltrated every part of society. They are the true puppet masters, pulling the strings in every aspect of your life. They are the most dangerous and powerful group in the entire world. They are the Illuminati. Series of the third kind. Welcome to Theories of the Third Kind. I'm one of your hosts, Aaron, and the other one joining me today is Daniel Sun. Konnichiwa. Today's topic is the Illuminati. But before we get into that, let me do a quick announcement. We don't run any ads on this show or take any money from corporations. So if you would like to help us out, a written review on iTunes helps the show tremendously. If you don't want to leave one, though, that's fine. We just want you guys, girls, aliens, reptilians, Bigfoot, Sasquatches, Chupacabras, Ghosts, Holograms, Human Clones, Dark Web, Blurkers, Men in Black, Illuminati members, whoever or whatever you are, to enjoy the show. Also, if any of you would like to reach out to us, you could shoot us a message on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, or you can go to our website, which is theoriesofthethirdkind.com, and click on the contact button. There you will find all of our email addresses. Also, on our website, you can leave us a voicemail with your phone anonymously. So, before we hop into today's show, I'm going to kind of give an overview. We're going to talk about what is the Illuminati, the history behind the Illuminati, what did the Illuminati do after they were formed, the prominent figures in the Illuminati, as well as the theories and the conspiracies surrounding the Illuminati. And then we'll wrap it up with all of our thoughts and theories about it. And then we'll go into emails, messages, shout outs, and all that good stuff. So Daniel, can you tell me what is the Illuminati? The Illuminati is an elite organization of world leaders, business authorities, innovators, artists, and other influential members of this planet that work behind the scenes. Mm. So basically they are everywhere. They're all your world leaders, your business authorities, everyone. Heck, you could be an Illuminati member, and I wouldn't even know it, Daniel. Well. Are you? You could Gun to your head. Are you an Illuminati member? Are you an Illuminati member? I can show you my bank account, and then you'll be just like, never mind. (laughs) Okay. All right. Fair enough. So that was a quick overview of what is the Illuminati. Now we're going to hop into the history of the Illuminati and kind of tell you how they were formed. And, uh. Dan, do you want to start that off for us? I'll be glad to. All right. It all started in 1748. A Jewish couple who converted to Roman Catholic gave birth to a boy named Adam Weishaupt. They had him attend monastery schools and a high school run by the Jesuits. At this school, Adam learned many languages, which included Czech, Italian, Latin, Greek, and Hebrew. 
The Jesuits believed that Adam would become a missionary, but soon they found out that he would rebel against that path. That's interesting. So let's move forward to 1775, right? In, in 1775, he was the age of 27. He became a professor of canon law at the University of Ingolstadt. He ended up getting married, had a family, and everything seemed to be normal for him, right? Well, eh, not so much. At that time in 1775, a lot of people, and this is including Adam as well, thought that the church was suppressing freedom of thought. So Adam began looking around for a place where he could fly his freak flag, where he could expand his mind and not to be judged by others. Now at this time, Freemasonry was expanding rapidly throughout Europe. It became known to attract freethinkers. Because of this, Adam said, meh, I'll give it a try. So in 1777, Adam was initiated into the Masonic Lodge of Munich. Adam started going to the meetings and, well, it wasn't exactly what he was looking for. Adam wanted something that offered freedom from all religious prejudices, to cultivate the goodness of society, something that promoted a state of liberty and moral quality, something that freed individuals of rank and riches, and ultimately provided a universal happiness between all. That's what he envisioned. So Adam decided to take things into his own hands and create a secret society of everything he had envisioned. So this is where it starts. This is the birth of the Illuminati. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, so I'm going to set the scene. It's May 1st, 1776. We're standing in the middle of a forest, Daniel, me and you, All right. and we're on the outskirts of Bavaria, Germany. Okay? So it's nighttime, so it's pitch-ass dark outside, and we start to look around. What do we see? Pitch black. What do you think we see? <laughs> Yeah, pitch black. Exactly. Because we're in the middle of the forest, right? <laughs> so it's pitch dark in the middle of the forest. We start to look around and we see these men carrying torches, five of them to be exact. And they're not only carrying torches, but they're standing in a circle, all of them. And they're standing there just jerking each other off, <laughs> mumbling. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Maybe they're not jerking each other off. Okay. But there is really Adam and four other people are in the middle of the forest. Now, I might get some shit for this. Some places said middle of the forest. Some places said they were at a home. But a lot of the sources were staying in the forest. So I'm going to go with the forest because that's how I like to envision the Illuminati being created, right? Mm -hmm. So here they are in the forest, five of them. And they established a secret society. Now, it wasn't called the Illuminati at the time. It was called the Order of the Perfectibilist. Then and there, in the middle of the damn forest, they decided they, eh, let's establish the rules for everyone to follow. You think they could have, like, went home and established these rules or, like, done it at a later time? But I guess not. They were like, eh, let's go ahead and make all these rules while we're out here. Wife. I'm standing here with my candlelight. Let's make the rules now, Daniel. <laughs> so one of the rules that they established was that all future candidates for this order that they just established, this secret society, any future candidates that wanted to be a part of it, they had to have a large amount of wealth, a strong reputation with a lot of social connections, and a well-established family. That was one of the rules. Kind of going 
straight for the top tier people, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, another rule that they all had was that all members were to go by pseudonyms in connection with their work. So, for example, Adam called himself Spartacus. Badass name. That is a badass name. <laughs> what do you think the other ones named themselves? <laughs> no idea. I don't. I don't know either. You think? Oh, I was waiting for it, man. I, I wish I had something good, but I don't. So while standing in the middle of the forest and making up these rules, they also decided to discuss the entire goal of this secret society they just made. They, uh, they all decided on, and I quote, and this is straight from them, to attain the highest possible degree of morality and virtue and to relay the reformation of the world by the association of good men to oppose the progress of moral evil. I mean, that doesn't sound that bad, right? It sounds like they're trying to be a bunch of fucking superheroes. That's what it sounds like. It sounds like a bunch of Avengers, huh? Yeah. Well, anyways, that was their very first motto before they were called the Illuminati. They were the order of the perfectionableists. So, Dan, do you want to tell us what happens in 1779? So then, in 1779, Adam's secret society wasn't growing so fast. Adam decided to write a letter to a few of the other founding members and suggest a name change. Because we all know changing your name, your group name, makes all the difference. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so they all began writing each other and trying to pick out a name. Originally, they were going to go with... Biden Orden. What? Biden Orden. All right, we're keeping you saying that. Okay. Which meant Order of Bees. Imagine that. Imagine that being like the Illuminati. Because like the Illuminati, everybody says, oh, it's the Illuminati, the secret society. Oh, it's the order of the bees. It's the order of the bees. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> However, they all decided to go with the name. Orden de Illuminaten. Man, you got a good German accent there, Aaron. I studied it for a little while, so. Yeah. So, but that which meant order of the Illuminati. They also chose their primary slogan, which was. Die Illuminati müssen die Welt kontrollieren. The Illuminati must control the world, is what it meant. Yeah. Now that is a more sinister, you know, you think, I think that they were like, okay, when they first started it two years ago with the Order of the Perfectionableists, they were like, look, we're not getting any members to sign up. We got to go with something more deadly. So they're like, fuck it, let's go with the Order of the Bees. And they're like writing each other. They're like, what the fuck? <laughs> they write a letter to their friends like, do you see what Carl suggested? Order of the Bees. What the fuck is he thinking? We got to go with something more more angry. Something like uh, the Illuminati. And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, I like that one. And we must come up with a good slogan uh, that we must control the world. And they're like, that's Dude, it. That's it right there. Yeah. Right Dang. back to that dumbass. We're not being no Order of the Bees. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're going to control this world. And we can't do it as bees. <laughs> you can continue if you want. You can finish it out. So after this name change, Adam was able to get a bunch of influential people to join. By 1782, the secret society had grown to 600 members. So one of these influential people, or I should say families, that Adam got a hold of was the Rothschilds. Mm. They offered a huge helping hand in bringing the operation together. He admired the fact that Adam was Jewish and they were very much bent on creating a world Jewish empire, one that his family could grow up in, to inherit, and then completely control. Wow. Which makes sense. The Illuminati must control the world. So they had a very diverse group with notable people, students, noblemen, politicians, doctors, and lawyers. By the end of 1784, the Illuminati had grown to 3,000 members. God dang, I guess that name change really did work. 
and the pushing from the Rothschilds. Yeah. The Rothschilds are probably sitting there. They're like, man, we can't, we can't associate ourselves with a secret society called the Order of the Perfectionalists. Oh, wait, they changed it to the Order of the Illuminati. That's actually pretty cool. Let's uh, let, let's let's go ahead and help him out since he's uh, Jewish and all that. Still think it was the Order of the Bees that probably got him. Probably so. <laughs> so um, after a ton of growing in the 1780s, right, the Illuminati started making claims of shit that was happening around the world. And when I say claims, kind of think of them like uh, ISIS, right? When bad stuff happens and then they would make claim that their organization was the reason that it happened. That's what the Illuminati was kind of like, except uh, except for the Illuminati wasn't doing any like suicide bombings that I could find proof of. But <laughs> anyways, so uh, one of the first things that the Illuminati claimed uh, that they were involved in that they kindled the Revolutionary War in order to weaken the British Empire and the French Revolution to destroy the French Empire. This, yeah, of course, caught the attention of the Bavarian government. And in the late 1780s, Bavarian government said, boop, no more secret societies or Illuminati. And the Illuminati supposedly disbanded. But... Some people say they went underground, and that's where we're going to kind of, we're not going to say they disbanded. We're going to go along the road that they went underground, because if we say they disbanded, then that's it. So we're going to keep following this, this rabbit hole of them going underground. So for the next few decades, the Illuminati supposedly operated under various names and guises, still in active pursuit of their ultimate goal to achieve a one-world government, and to subjugate all religions and governments in the process. While underground and working in the shadows, the Illuminati was still making claims to things happening around the world. They said that they were able to achieve control of the European economy through the international bankers, that they single-handedly directed Karl Marx in his writings of the Communist Manifesto in order to use the differences in ideologies to enable them to, and I quote, divide larger and larger members of the human race into opposing camps so that they could be armed and then brainwashed into fighting and destroying each other, end quote. So it was basically like a divide-and-conquer technique that they were explaining there, which... I mean, we're still seeing that used today, you know, when yeah. the government points and says, oh, all your hardships and the reason why you don't have a job is because it's the immigrants down south at the border. And it's like, no, that's not one of the reasons. It's because these big corporations are cutting people's jobs, are automating it, and they're getting you to point your finger at somebody else, you know, or it's the rich people are plotting the middle class against the poor class. When in reality, it should be the poor and the middle class against the rich people. Divide and conquer. And it's still going on today, you know, so. Sad world. Yeah. Oh, my God. This, okay. So, now, <laughs> this next part, by far, is my favorite part in the entire research we did and all of this is this next guy we talk about. Uh-oh. He is interesting. Can I, can I please cover this guy? Go for it. Okay. Before we get into the current happenings of the Illuminati... You need to know who took over the Illuminati in the 1800s in America. This guy was Albert Pike. So let me tell you a little bit about Albert Pike, Daniel. Tell me. 
he was born on December 29th, 1809 in Boston, Massachusetts. He studied at Harvard and later served as a brigadier general in the Confederate Army. After the Civil War, Pike was found guilty of treason and jailed. So pretty bad, right? But he wasn't jailed long because uh, he was pardoned by President Andrew Johnson on April 22nd, 1866. President Johnson at the time was a Freemason, and so was Pike. And after he was pardoned, the next day he went to the White House to meet with Andrew Johnson. Well, damn. Hmm. Yeah. Got some friends in high places. Oh, yeah, he does. So Pike was said to be a genius. He was able to read and write in 16 different languages. At various stages of his life, he was a poet, philosopher, frontiersman, soldier, humanitarian, and philanthropist. Pike was also a 33rd degree Mason, which is the highest you can go. And he was also one of the founding fathers of it and the grand commander of the North American Freemasonry. So uh, another thing to note that in 1869, um, he was also the top leader in the uh, Knights of the Ku Klux Klan. So he's he was racist. Well. And uh, yeah, <laughs> but not only that, in all of this, a Freemason, a Ku Klux Klan leader, a poet philosopher, a supposed genius, right? He had his friends with the president, you know, bumping wieners with him. He was supposedly... Uh, also a Satanist who indulged in the occult and apparently he possessed a bracelet that he said he used to summon Lucifer with who he supposedly had constant communication with. I mean, it's kind of weird. My question is, where the hell is that bracelet at? It's what they use to reference to make uh, Tamagotchis. Probably. <laughs> so could you imagine Bigfoot getting a hold of that bracelet? Bigfoot will make Lucifer his bitch. Ooh, I don't know. That'd be a good arm wrestling match, huh? Oh, yeah. Who would win? Uh, probably Satan. Yeah, probably. So why do I mention this Albert Pike? Well, in the 1800s, he was the one who was the leader of the Illuminati. As the new leader, Pike and the members of the Illuminati wrote out a blueprint for three world wars that would happen throughout the 20th century. This eventually would lead to a one-world government by the end of the 20th century and the third last world war. It's pretty interesting, huh? Yeah. So that's the history of the Illuminati. It brings us all the way up to the current happenings. Who's the current leader? That's a good question. It's probably Beyonce, if I'd have to guess. But uh, no, I, I don't know who the current leader is. I couldn't find much information about like the about the uh, current happenings of the Illuminati. All I found was basically the history of the Illuminati and this Albert Pike individual. <laughs> One of the posts in 2016 lawsuit, Donald Trump is the Illuminati king. <laughs> I don't think he's the Illuminati king. No. Yeah. So now we're going to cover the prominent figures who are supposedly in the Illuminati. So the world's wealth, like 99% of it, is controlled by 13 families, which they are known to be what they call the true 99%ers, so they say. So the very first prominent figure I'm going to mention is David Rockefeller. That's right. The Rockefeller family was one of these families, and the main family member to represent the Rockefellers would be David Rockefeller. He was known for his foreign political connections and striking deals behind closed doors, and he was worth $3.3 billion when he died in March of 2017. 
the Rockefellers, the entire family, they have like enormous influence over religion in the United States. And um, they provide a large share of money that universities need to operate. So they have like uh, educational influences and they provide large grants to various religious organizations. One of the rumors is that they influence and, and control who will get publicity in the major news magazines and on television. So now we know that one of the families was the Rockefellers. There's 12 others. The next person we're going to go with, Jacob Rothschild. The Rothschild provided the funding for the Order of the Illuminati. When the Illuminati was falling to ruin, it is believed that the Rothschild, since providing so much funding, kind of took over it themselves. Yeah, what it says about the Rothschilds, what they believed is that they believe that their money is what makes the world go around. And if you have money, you can do anything. That money is God and it is worshipped by them. And actually, they said served by them. I don't know what the hell that means. It's weird. Their Rothschilds is pretty weird. Amsel Rothschilds is reported to have said, give me control of the economics of a country and I care not who makes her laws. And it's supposed that they um, they dictate what the Federal Reserve System will do with uh, Americans' finances. So we've gone over two of the bloodlines. Um, so the other of the bloodlines would be uh, Astor, Bundy, Collins, the DuPonts, Freeman, Kennedy, Lee, Reynolds, Russell, Van Doon, and Onasi. So those are the... Th- the rest of the families. They also said there's like um, interconnected families that are also connected but don't really have much influence, which is Krupp, McDonald, and of course the Disney family. I did hear stuff, a lot of stuff about Disney with the Illuminati. Yeah. So because of time restraints, we can't, I would love to do an episode over each one of the family, which we could do in the future. Yeah. I mean, yeah, probably in the future we'll, we'll do an episode over each one of the family and kind of touch on them. But this time we're kind of just going over like the history of it and we're touching on the families and then we'll go to theories. But we need to write that down. Maybe one of our episodes could be the Illuminati, the 13 bloodlines of the Illuminati, and then just go over each family. That'd be a good one. Yep, that would be. Well, we're going to mark that down for the future. So the next one we're going to cover that's supposedly a prominent figure in the Illuminati is, of course, the queen herself, Queen Elizabeth II. So... You remember uh, on the human cloning episode where uh, Queen Elizabeth was cloning humans, right, Daniel? Because you you played as her. That's right. The Wicked Witch. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So, well, it goes back to her doing human cloning of certain celebrities to help fulfill the Illuminati's vision of the New World Order. That's what she does. Uh, Like we discussed, the clones are obedient. Um, Is there something else? Yeah, I've... uh... Heard that she's uh, an extraterrestrial reptilian humanoid, Bigfoot, that is rumored to be the El Chupacabra when she visits Puerto Rico. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we've we've covered the queen quite a bit in all of our episodes. We covered, um, I think the first time we touched on her was when she had a warrant. We talked about her and the warrant for her arrest. Can't remember where it was at. Oh, that must be in an earlier episode. Yeah, it was like one of our first ones we did. And she took these kids, I think it was... Damn, I can't even remember the amount of kids she took. I want to say 12, maybe. And the kids disappeared. Uh, it's a very, we have, we'll have to cover that one again, too. I'll have to write that one down. If you would have said 13 kids, I would have been like, oh, Ooh. 13 blood satanic families. Oh. Shit. Yeah, maybe. Maybe it was that, but I don't know. I can't remember off the top of my head right now. So, 
Anyways, you want to cover this last one? Yep. The last uh, prominent figure that I put down, Henry Kissinger. You know, if you mention the Rockefellers, you have to mention Henry Kissinger. He's a longtime acquaintance with David Rockefeller and the Illuminati. The former U.S. Secretary of State has a long history of making behind-closed-door deals with the Rockefellers, which those dealings were released during the 2016 WikiLeaks. So even though he's not part of the 13 big prominent families, but he seems to definitely be in the inner works of the Illuminati. So the, those are the people we have written down for the prominent figures. But I mean, they're still, I mean, we're going to touch, you're probably thinking, what about all the musicians, M, uh, all the people on MTV? What about all the, like Beyonce, Jay-Z, you know, all the actors and everything? We're going to touch on them here in a second when we start going over the theories and all that. But we, we, we will get to them. So we've did the history, the prominent figures. Now we're going to go into the theories. So the first theory with the Illuminati is that they orchestrated Watergate. Pretty much this theory goes along the lines of a secret cabal wanted Nixon out of office. So they started by getting rid of his vice president and replaced them with someone the cabal accepted. Gerald Ford was not part of that cabal, but aligned with them and could be counted on to support them when needed. Especially after they get Nixon impeached, then their VP Ford would become president. Hmm. Now, there's a fun fact. Hillary Clinton was working as a staff lawyer for the committee. That bitch. She supposedly forged documents and denied Nixon access to legal counsel, which she was fired after all this crap, but her boss had some words to say about her. Now, I quote him. She was a liar. She was an unethical, dishonest lawyer. She conspired to violate the Constitution, the rules of the House, the rules of the committee, and the rules of confidentiality. Seems like she hasn't changed since 1973, eh? <laughs> yeah, that that does not surprise me one bit. I don't like getting political, okay? As you know, I hold no political affiliations to anyone, to either side. But they play both sides. They don't get anything done, okay? And Hillary, for some reason, rubs me completely wrong. A lot, almost all of them do. But for her, some odd reason, I don't. She, I guess it's because she's just so fake to me sometimes. Mm-hmm. Mm. Did you see that video of her coughing up that uh, phlegm ball in the water? No. We'll have to watch it after this. She's, it was during her, the whole election time when she was the uh, Democratic nominee and running against Trump in 2016. She was doing a uh, speech and uh, I think she was just getting over pneumonia and she uh. took a drink of water but coughed up this giant slime ball into the water. And then took a drink of the water. I had to see it now. Yeah, pull it up right now. All right, Hillary spits two large green objects in a glass of water. Is that what it was? Yes. Oh. How gross was that? Honestly, I almost want to say it's two cough drops, but. It might be cough drops. I don't know. Whatever it is, is gross. I don't think I've seen a cough drop green color like that. I haven't either. And usually most people are able to hold cough drops in when they cough. I mean, I know I can. All right, so that's the the Watergate theory for the Illuminati. What's the next one you got, Daniel? This one, I really don't believe it, but uh, they say the Illuminati are the ones behind chemtrails. So pretty much this one just is that the contrails left behind airplanes seem to linger too long in the sky after the plane has left. So it is believed that the government, the Illuminati, or some other sinister group is leaving chemicals in the air to control the weather. Okay, and, and we touched on chemtrails in our Chemtrails and Harp episode. Which, if you go back and listen to it, just be cautious. Our audio isn't that great, or wasn't that great back then. So, um, 
I mean, if anybody, if they were actually doing chemtrails and anybody was the ones telling them to do it, it would be the Illuminati. Yeah. It would, it would be them. Do you want to cover the next two and then I'll cover my two? Yeah, I'll do that. Okay. All right. The next one I got is that the Illuminati's are the ones that assassinated JFK. Some say he was killed by the Illuminati because he refused to invade Cuba, or it could have been because he talked about a secret society in one of his speeches, which it sounded like he was talking about the Soviet, but it was the New World Order he was actually talking about. Hey, if, if just like the just like the chemtrails, if any secret group was to assassinate JFK besides the CIA, who were the actual ones that real, really did do it, then it would be the Illuminati. Yeah, if anyone had enough money to bribe someone to do something like this to give up their life, it would be the Illuminati's like, hey, I'll give you this much money, shoot him. Yeah, 100%. Anyways, what's the next one you got? I love this next one. The next one is that the Illuminati's are all reptilian humanoids. I mean, what, is this, what else is there to say for this one? These guys are lizard people who lay on heating pads and shed their outer layers when they need to. Mm, maybe. You know, I was reading, when I was researching the history of the Illuminati, there was some places where it would say that the Illuminati has been around forever and that they were actually reptilians that were here before humans and that they crossbred their genes with cavemen and created humans in that the reptilians created humans as like a slave race and that their reptilians, their number dwindled down, but they kept their number in the couple hundreds and they created a group, which is the Illuminati, to control their people they made. Quality over quantity, I see. Yeah. But then there was the other one where it started into the theory of Adam creating it and the Illuminati in the 1700s and getting name changes and then handed it over to the Albert Pike and all that. So I, w I went down that route instead because the reptilian one, I mean, that whole history of it is just right there. I decided to go with the longer one. So, I mean, if you think about it, uh, the Rothschilds, they're like tall, lanky men. They could be reptilians, man. Have you seen the shape of their skulls? I have not. They're super elongated. Is it the Rothschilds or the Rockefellers? Rothschild's skull. Is it the Rothschilds? Yes. I'll go to DuckDuckGo, type in Rothschild's skull. I'll actually oh, wow. link this image that we're looking at onto our Instagram stories. So if you want to go take a look at it, go to our Instagram, which is Theories of the Third Kind. Click on the episode highlights, scroll all the way to the end, and you'll see the picture we're talking about. That's a really weird shaped skull, huh? That is a very weird skull. So to explain this, imagine the back of his head pulled back further. He's got a real elongated skull. That's basically what it looks like. All the Rothschilds have it. Huh. This could explain he's a reptilian wearing a lizard or wearing a skin suit. Yeah. Such a funny shape to it. Yeah, it is. I want to go slap him right in the back of his head. Do you know what it reminds me of? Have you ever seen the movie Coneheads? That's, yes, that's what it reminds me of, too. Yeah, it's like a, it's a little bit shorter version of the Conehead. Big old long-headed bitch. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Um, so, this next theory we have, I titled it uh, Sheep TV. Uh, that the Illuminati, they control television. They don't permit intelligent shows to survive. They encourage mind candy that will keep people from thinking. So, they also not only control the TV, but they also control 
the music industry. They control supposedly the all prominent figures. And I have a theory that I'll get into about all that when we get into thoughts and theories at the end, which we'll discuss it more in depth. But that's Sheep TV. So this next one is their supposed hierarchy. So they're supposedly the 13 Illuminati families, right? And we, we talked about those earlier and about who they were. Well, each one of the 13 families has their own secret satanic leadership. Kings, queens, princesses, and princes of darkness. For example, the Rockefeller family has, a, uh, has people who are selected as kings and princesses uh, within their own bloodline in secret rituals. Uh, the kings and princesses and queens and princesses are strictly bloodline and that they uh, that all of these 13 families, they secretly rule over specific sections of the world, like the Rothschilds rule over one section, the other one rules, rules over the other, right? These specific sections of the Illuminati are divided into the following. There is a uh, drug and porn section, a political and business management section, the cult ritual section the global communication section, and the mind control section. Um, the leadership within the various areas, they, they kind of overlap. So like uh, the drug, porn, and political areas kind of work together as a unit. The mind control area seems to be somewhat technical and somewhat separate. So when you say the drug, porn, and political areas work together, I don't know why it clicked, but would that be like Pizzagate or something? Yeah, so the yeah, the drug, porn and political areas. Yeah, that would be like Pizzagate. So you got the for you those who don't know what Pizzagate is, if you Google it, it's gonna tell you it's fake. Go to DuckDuckGo, start reading up Pizzagate. It all starts with John Podesta's emails, who was Hillary's campaign manager, and his emails were leaked. They contained common phrases that people who partake in like um sexual relations with kids would use. So people started connecting the dots and started saying, okay, these high up political figures buy and sell kids and have sex with them and basically like Epstein stuff, right? Mm. So yeah, the drug, porn, and political would all be under the Pizzagate stuff. Interesting. Yeah. Mind control area. Mind control. They really fucked up on the mind control part like in the 70s whenever they had that MK Ultra, which we did an episode over, by the way. And uh, I bet that Illuminati family was like, damn it, there goes our shit leaking into public again. God damn it. I don't know. I, I feel like if anybody, Nikola Tesla was probably fucking Illuminati. No, you know, I don't think he was. I think that they tried to recruit him and he was like, I'm not, I'm not going to be a part of the Illuminati. I'm just going to make a whole bunch of cool shit if you guys keep paying me. And I guess that's what they did. They're like, okay, look, Tesla, he doesn't want to, he doesn't want to join the group. So we're just, he's like super smart. We'll give him the money so we can do his projects. Just leave him in the corner alone, okay, guys? He's smart. Leave him alone. I mean, that makes more sense because he didn't really. I guess he wasn't like really of a group person. No, uh, he was. He was a loner. Yeah, he wasn't a follower. He wanted to be his own. He he probably walked in on them doing like a satanic ritual. He's probably like, "What the fuck is wrong with you people?" <laughs> Walks back to his, keep these rituals down. Damn it! I'm trying to work on some electricity shit. How can I create the Montauk chair if y'all keep circle jerking right there? <laughs> you you running ass butt ass naked around in those robes. What the hell's wrong with y'all? Anyways, um, so this last uh, theory, it's not really a theory. Well, I guess you could say it's a theory. It's actually a story from a guy who was supposedly spent 47 years as a high-ranking member of the Illuminati. 
this anonymous insider says he wants to reveal everything. So he, he ended up writing about it. Some of the previews of some of the stuff he said was that Barack Obama is not a member of the Illuminati, but he's part of something that is much, much worse. I don't know what could be much worse than that, but anyways. He said the uh, the new quote-unquote space flights, which are planes that can briefly enter orbit, are not as fun as they seem. They are an Illuminati tool. He also said that the uh, Denver, Colorado is an evil place, that aliens are a little different than what mainstream teaches us, and... Um, Currently, there are 57 underground bases and bunkers around the United States that are in use for various purposes, that there are 439 bunkers around the entire world, and that all of the bunkers and bases are controlled and maintained by the Illuminati, that the largest one is uh, underground in uh, Brazil, and this bunker has the capability of holding up to 5,000 people for a period of up to 10 years. What the fuck? Damn that it is secured for the end of times and that only 5,000 of the world's richest, brightest, and most powerful individuals will be able to access this bunker in the event of a global thermonuclear war, natural disaster, or any other form of global catastrophe. Hmm. I'd like to say that I might not be, you know, the smartest man, the richest man, and all that, but I work hard. You're going to need some manual labor going on. I want to be in that bunker. He said that the... Uh, <laughs> God damn. Something that was pretty crazy is that he said that these bunkers have massive amounts of cocaine, marijuana, heroin, and all other kind of drugs in them as well. Huh. All right. Uh, he also said that, oh God, he even talks about Alex Jones in this. He said he's not who he says he is. For years, he's been working undercover under the secrets of the Illuminati and the New World Order. Um, and he has been placed in the world of conspiracy theories to feed false information to throw trackers off the trail and do not believe everything he tells you. The frogs, man, the frogs. They're turning their frogs gay. What the hell? He also goes on to say scientists working for the Illuminati have found a way that they can, quote unquote, shut off the sun. A weapon has been created that shoots a beam of high density radiation right into the heart of a planet or star. This beam of radiation penetrates the planet, creating a very large cylinder in the exact middle of it. The radiation that is left behind begins to eat at the star or planet, and the effect spreads like wildfire. This technology has been tested on various stars in our immediate solar system and is very effective. Hmm. That's pretty crazy, huh? Oh, shit. It talks about the leaders in North America. You see that part? Oh, yeah. Hey, Warren Buffett is most likely the head of, the, of all Illuminati operations. And the CEO of Goldman Sachs follows quickly behind him. And that Goldman Sachs is a key player in the North American Illuminati sector. Spanish flu of 1918, SARS and the H1N1 oh, scale all yeah. have one thing in common. They were all engineered by the Illuminati. Ooh, and that this coronavirus is engineered by the Illuminati. Mm. That they are finally unlocking the keys to creating a virus that will spread across the globe very, very fast, killing select people. So like right now, it's Asians. Yeah. Oh, my God. My advice, do not receive the vaccines. Okay. And that was pretty much it for this that data dump that that guy said, who he was a part of the Illuminati. So that's kind of like the conspiracies and theories we have the Illuminati. Now we're going to go into our own personal thoughts and theories. Daniel, do you got any of them? 
I don't have any theories, but I do have thoughts on it. Okay, let's hear them. You know, I, I don't really believe in the Illuminati themselves. I just think that someone wanted to give the name of, just give the like elite rich people a name, pretty much put them in a group. So like they, these people, they are doing most of these things. I'm not going to say that they're reptilian, but they might as well be snakes. Um, I mean, with enough money, you can get anybody to do anything. So there are people out there with all this money paying people to do this shit. And I think, you know, what's a better cover up than the, you know, back in the 1700s guy creates a group called the Illuminati with these set of rules that we have to be rich, powerful and all that. You know, it's just a perfect thing to just say like, oh, hey, this fits this right. We'll just call them the Illuminati. Yeah. I mean, it's just easy to, to group them up like that. So yeah, I don't got much to say on it. All right. Um, do you know what my first theory is that's down there that Adam is George? George theory? Washington? Yeah. Did you see the photo of Adam? I s- so look at that right there. Look under that picture and tell me, is you see where it says Adam? February 6, 1748. Ooh. So my theory is this Adam Weishaupt is actually George Washington. So if you look at the $1 bill and you look at George Washington... And then you start looking at pictures that this Adam Weishaupt on the $1 bill. That's not George Washington. That's Adam. So, yeah, just take a look. Just just go to DuckDuckGo and hmm. type in Adam Weishaupt is George Washington. And look at what comes up. The dude is very similar. And it does state, right, he had controlled all the bankers and all that. So it is possible. Hmm. That they put his face there and just said it was George Washington. You know, I did read up somewhere that someone was saying, like, uh, to George Washington that, you know, the Illuminati, they must have uh, infiltrated the United States. But he was saying that, I believe, notwithstanding that none of the lodges in this country are contaminated with the principles ascribed to the Society of the Illuminati. So he was Hmm. pretty much uh, saying, like, no, the Illuminati's not here. They're not in the United States. When he says lodges, I wonder if he means like Freemason Lodge. Yeah, the Freemasons Lodges. Okay. All right. Yeah. Then yeah, he 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 knew about him, and he probably thought, oh yeah, the Freemasons will take care of it. Little did he know is that the Illuminati and the Freemasons were working together. So my other theory is that they they were originally good, and we, I, we kind of spoke about this earlier when we talked about the the quotes and stuff of them changing their name. Oh yeah. That they were originally good when they were like um, when they were the Order of the Perfectionists. When they said that they wanted to attain the highest possible degree of morality and virtue and that they wanted to reformation, uh, they wanted to have a reformation of the world by the association of good men to oppose the progress of moral evil. And then they changed their name and then they went to Die Illuminaten Mussen Die Welt Kohlen. The Illuminati must control the entire world. So I think something happened and he was just like, okay. We're going totally evil with this. We can't get any members in here. We're going evil with it. It was like, if I guarantee you, if they went with the name Order of the Bees, they would be like the good guys. Probably. But since they went with the Illuminati, <laughs> they're just like, ah, oh, fuck, we got to go evil now. We got to take over the world. Yeah. 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 I'm going to make a shirt that says Order of the Bees. <laughs> the good guys. Controlling the world, Order of the Bees. So my last one is that um, Satan controls the Illuminati or actually is the Illuminati himself. Like when they talk about the Illuminati, they're talking about Satan himself and that you sell your soul in exchange for your world desires. So you go to say, okay, hey, I want to join the Illuminati. 
and it's actually Satan, and he approaches you, and he's like, you sell your soul to me. You will be a part of the Illuminati, and you will get all your world desires. So, for example, the music artists sell their souls. They get famous in everything they want, and in exchange, their soul belongs to Satan or the Illuminati group in that they can collect it whenever they want collect their soul so this is why musicians sometimes die at a young age or actors or actresses or whomever it's just a theory i had i mean we talked about um earlier about some of the musicians beyonce jay-z right yeah of them possibly being the illuminati i mean i know with i've seen it floating around with kobe bryant's death and him supposedly being illuminati i have that theory is out there and that they came and collected him it's just something I heard, so. But it is odd that they all do that symbol, that Diamond Dallas Page symbol. Yeah. <laughs> like the one Diamond eye. Diamond Dallas Page. They're ready to diamond cut everybody in the room. Anyways, so and I want to touch back on this real quick, that the Illuminati uses the music industry supposedly to poison the minds of the generation of youth, that they use symbolism, seduction, Satanism, to all kind of like do the whole poisoning of this, the, the people, you know, that's supposedly the theory. Do you think that they, they do that the Illuminati or something is controlling the music industry? Hmm. Oh, that's a tough one, really. Like I, okay, let's back all the way up then. Do you believe that there is a global elite society, whether it be the Illuminati or some other group that controls and pulls the strings of everything in the world. Uh, like I was saying earlier, I don't think it's a group more than just like, it's just a bunch of people that are just, you know, they're the elite rich. They're bundled together pretty much. So they call them a group, but I don't think they really have anything to do with each other. But I do believe that there might be one controlling the music industry. Okay. Because the music industry is pretty fucked up right now. I definitely think there is some type of secret society group the inner workings, whether if it's just the political people working with one another, that's still some type of group. But from all the way from the Epstein thing, all that shit, there's too much of a coincidence. There's somebody's running something, pulling the strings, whether it's a group or a person. I don't know. But there's definitely somebody out there doing that. So I do think there's some type of Illuminati group. That's pretty much sums up the Illuminati for right now. Like I said, we're going to do an episode over the Illuminati 13, what do we call it? The Illuminati 13 families that discusses more in depth of the 13 families and who they are and what they control and all of that. This just kind of gives you like a warm up to all that. So, all right. Well, that's it for the Illuminati. Let's go ahead and hop into iTunes reviews and ratings. This first review is from Tim48852, and it was on January 26th, with a subject line that reads, The Best. He left us five stars. He goes on to say, You guys are the best. I absolutely love the show. I've listened to other Conspiracy Theories podcasts, and they all sound like reptilian zombie people. You guys, on the other hand, sound like a bunch of badasses. Thank you, Tim, for that. You are a badass, sir. Boom. Yeah. And we love you. And thank you for your review and love. Anyway, so this next one is from Jay Riston one And so on January 26th, the subject line that reads, one of the best, they left us five stars. 
They go on to say, I love listening to the podcast because I like to hear you, your guys' opinions on different topics. Some of that I've heard and some I haven't. I'm obsessed with the multiple, with the multiple dimension theory because I just think it explains so many phenomena, phenom, phenomena we witness. After listening to one of the pods about it, I freaked myself out one time because I was leaving for work one day and I slept with my hair in a scrunchie. When I got up, I took my hair out and set my scrunchie on the dresser and I left. I only own one scrunchie and it rarely leaves the house. I walked into work through the front to clock in, then went out to the side door to my car to grab something. On my way back to the side door, I found my one very distinct eight-year-old scrunchie on the ground, thinking, weird, it fell off of me somehow. Until I went home and found my scrunchie on my dresser, like I thought I did while still wearing the scrunchie I found at work on my wrist. Weird. Sorry it's so long. Thanks for reading these and love the podcast. Very weird. That is a little weird. You're in the Matrix. You Multiple dimensions, different things going on. Jay Riston, you better keep track of your scrunchies. Yeah. <laughs> scrunchy cloning. Scr- that scrunchy cloning, that's what it is. Daniel solved it. Daniel solved it. Uh, anyways, thank you for the five stars and the love and the story. Feel free to submit more. We love them. All right. Uh, this next one is from Rod Grod Medflod. And uh, this, guy, this guy or girl is from Denmark. And it was left on January 27th. Subject line that reads, from DK, with the five stars. They go on to say, hey guys, it's one of the best po- this is one of the best podcasts I've listened to in a long time. Heard it all for seven and a half hours at work. Crazy about your flat humor. humor. Continue the good work. Greetings, Nick from Denmark. Thank you, Nick from Denmark. And I hope you are having a great day. And I hope this podcast continues to serve your ear holes greatly. I love you. This next one is from LCQP. On January 27th, the subject line that reads, I want to like this. They gave us one star. (laughs) They gave us a one star. They go on to say, inside jokes and pointless back and forth are cringe. The female host seems to rant to the point that I skip 30 seconds or more until she's done talking or turn it off. The Lake City Quiet Pills episode is what grabbed my attention. With only two hosts, it was professional and well thought out. There were none of her, wait a minute, wait a minute, epiphanies are wild spinoffs that result in a 10-minute monologue. Aaron, the main host, seems to do his homework and provides sites and references to facts. I hope to hear more like Lake City Quiet Pills and less less like Epstein number two. Well, uh, LCQP, I hope that you've listened to the past couple episodes and um, <clears throat> more of the ones since Epstein 2 and that uh, are, are us getting better as we continue recording will help you reconsider the one star. But if not, that's eh, fine. You know, we'll, we'll try to do better. All right, this next one is B to the Z on January 27th. The subject line that reads, perfect. They're going to say, the best conspiracy theory podcast out there. I like how they don't take money from for advertising, 
but they have been teasing about releasing merch. Yes, I will definitely support your team all the way. Donnie, Skull Vikings, Aaron, I like that. Kate, tell those haters to pound sand. And Dan, hmm, don't know what to say about you, but I enjoy the contributions you've given to the show. I like tacos too. You guys rock. Keep it up. I will be listening every week. One last note. Thanks for the sound quality fix. Sounds amazing. Thank you, B to the Z. I like that. <laughs> uh, I don't know what to say about me either. But you like tacos. I mean, everybody yeah, likes tacos, like man. Tacos. Yeah, and you you do contribute to the show. You, and he says it. He says, I love your con- contributions to the show. I appreciate it. Which I agree. Uh, but yes, releasing merch, we have been teasing it. We have been working on, on uh, graphics. Hopefully it's released soon. If you don't follow Twitter, Bigfoot2020. Yes, if you don't follow Twitter, Bigfoot2020. Follow our Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook, mainly Instagram and Twitter. That's where our merch will be announced. Also on the show, too, when we drop it. We'll let you guys know. Uh, like I said last time when we talked about the merchandise, all that stuff is not going to help us improve our personal life. We're not going to take any of it. All of it's going back to the show. Back for, like, mic upgrades, studio upgrades, anything that we can upgrade and make the show better to provide better stuff for you, whether it be more episodes or something, that that's, that's where it's going. It's not going to us. It's going to the show. So that's right. Just wanted to reiterate that. All right. Um, let's see. Got a few more reviews. This next one is from born to loser rhythm and blues on January 27th. And it is subject line that reads who you going to call it's five stars. They go on to say, I had the pleasure of meeting Donnie Saturday night, and through our conversation, I was initiated in the many ways of TOT3K. I've been binge listening since and have been entranced with a sultry, silky, charismatic flow of semblant, symbolic data entering into my audio... God damn, he's trying to make me fuck up the reading. Auditory orifices, causing my neurological happy place to engage in a symphatic symphony of entertainment gold. From the comedic introductions to the deep dives in the dark and foreboding botting, this will make your podcast file and leave you craving more. Strap in and buckle up, and don't forget the nachos, Wes. Nice. Thank you, Wes, for the five stars and the great review. I don't know how you talked to Donnie Saturday night, because... He's currently locked away in his bunker. In a bunker. Um, but the good thing is that the coronavirus has a vaccine found, or supposedly they found a cure for it, some doctor in Thailand. So all praise be to the Asians. And Dan, you've done a good job. Thank I'm you. Just kidding. I worked hard. <laughs> but uh, yeah, thank you for the awesome review. And uh, we love you. So the next review is from Salt City Punk 86, left on January 28th. It is subject line that reads, love it, with five stars. They go on to say, you guys are great. My wife got me started with the Toxic Lady episode, and I was instantly hooked. I love the introductions, and the jokes are just enough to keep the show with, from being too serious, especially considering some of the dark topics. I've always been into conspiracies, and actually was the one to get my wife interested as well. I'm looking forward to emailing you some thoughts and theories and conspiracies in the future. I have some ghost stories I'm excited to share. Keep up the good work. All you do, yes, even you, Daniel's son. 
Aww. Winky face. See, you get love. You get love, Danielson. He winky. Not just from me. He winky faced me. Yeah, he's gonna come over and suck you off. I'm just kidding. Okay, um, hey, he ain't Keanu Reeves. But <laughs> yeah, he ain't he ain't Keanu Reeves. No, but uh, thank you, Salt City Punk eighty six. Thank you for listening to us, and uh, thank you for your wife for suggesting us to you. Yeah. And um, yeah, shoot us some thoughts and theories and conspiracies in the future. Email them to us. Uh, you can Aaron at theories of the third kind dot com, or you can send it to Dan at theories of the third kind dot com. And we will read them on the show and go over them. That's right. Uh, I love you and thank you. And I love your wife as well. So thank both of y'all. So the next one is from Review Nickname 2020. Left on January 28th with the subject line that reads, Awesome Show. With five stars. They go on to say, Great audio quality, great topics, thorough research, all the ingredients for an awesome show. Gets me laughing pretty often too. Definitely recommend giving it a listen. Thank you, Review Nickname 2020. I like your name. I like your words you're putting on to the reviews. Excuse me, I just burped. I like your five stars. And I love you and thank you for that review and your kind words. The next one is from Rugby is God. And this one is in Australia, Daniel, on January 28th. Yeah. The subject line reads, Two Yowie Thumbs Up. I hope I pronounced that right. Uh, it's five stars. They're going to say good fun with some decent info thrown into boot. Love the passion. Hey, rugby is God. I love your passion. I love where you're from. I love everything about you. Boom. Thank you for the review. All right. So the next one is from TC SoCal left on January 30th. They leave us uh, the subject line reads Wikipedia articles and inadequate research. They left us one star. They go on to say, I tried listening to the Epstein episode. If they learn how to pronounce major names pertinent to the podcast beforehand, it would make it seem much more professional as well as listenable. Not knowing how to pronounce Bear Stearns, Alan Dershowitz was pretty embarrassing and made me cringe. It's like they're doing a bad group project or presentation in the 10th grade. I know they probably put time in and some research in beforehand, and, but I just couldn't take them seriously as they took turns reading off Wikipedia. That is actually false. I'll use Wikipedia as like a reference, and I'll read over that first, but that's where I don't get, I mean, I don't use that as most of my information. I dive deep into dark forms and dark interwebs to get almost all of my research, and I, I source from multiple places. And I compare what some people are saying and what some people say over here. And then I look at the official stories. I don't, we don't read off of Wikipedia articles. So that's false. Now the pronunciation, you're correct. Bear Stearns. Yeah. So we've, I've thought about taking the Epstein episode and maybe redoing it because I fucked up on a lot of the pronunciations, but. Like I said, it takes time, and we're just trying to pump out new episodes for each week, so sorry we messed up on the Epstein episode. This is an old episode, so yeah. try to do better next time. Um, but thank you for the criticism. Next one is from Alice Brakeman, left on January 30th. It's five stars with the subject line that reads, love the show. She goes on to say, I genuinely enjoy the podcast. It's great to listen to while I'm pulling a long shift at work or just driving in my car. I love y'all's chemistry. It feels like a drunk night I had with my friends. 
I wish the episodes were longer and don't change a thing. Keep up the great work. Can't wait for what's to come. Thank you, Alice. We love you. Thank you for the five stars. Yes, thank you. This next one is from Green Monster, left on January 31st. Five stars. They go on to say, love, or the subject line reads, love the intros. They go on to say, you guys are the shit emoji. Thank you, Green Monster. Thank you for the five stars. Thank you for the emoji. Thank you for the love. Hell yeah, brother. This next one is from Eric Scott 77 on January 31st. Subject line that reads, read me. <laughs> they gave us five stars. <laughs> they go on to say, this show is the cat pajamas. I love how you guys managed to deliver info that pisses me off while driving. While keep <laughs> pisses me off while keeping a smile on my face. Keep up the good work. I highly recommend this show. Thanks for all you do. Thank you, Eric Scott, 77, for your review. Thank you for your love. Thank you for listening to us and for recommending the show. I love you. Yeah, I'm glad we could put a smile on your face when we talk about these dark topics because some of them can get really dark. Yep, very dark. But thank you. So this last review is from Emily Mao. And it is from Great Britain, and it was left on February 1st. It is five stars with the subject line that reads, one of the best podcasts. She goes on to say, this podcast is one of the best podcasts I've come across so far. Not only do these guys do the research and give you as much facts as possible, they sure know how to have a laugh. I know people out there hate the intro. I personally think it's funny and adds their own twist to things. Haters need to learn to forward the recording. Rolling eye emoji. All I ask for is more podcasts in a week. I can't get enough. I need more ear fuel to keep me alive during my drive to and from work every day. (laughs) Oh, and just a thought. It'd be pretty cool if it was recorded visually too. Maybe YouTube or something. That way you could show videos, pictures as you're talking. But that's just me being picky. I know you guys put stuff on Instagram already. Anyways, guys. Keep up the awesome work. Much love. Emily Yorkshire in the UK. All right. Thank you, Emily, for the love uh, and the support and the review. I'm glad we can uh, provide your ear ear holes with uh, love during your drive. I got a long drive to and from work as well, so I feel your pain. Um, In regards to more podcasts each week, right now that's not possible as much as we want to. We, we just, we just can't, we do the research, which takes us about three or four days. And then we end up recording, which takes one night. And then we edit it, which takes me two or three days, depending on the editing. I I have to master the audio first and it takes me a couple hours to master it. And then I end up editing the audio. And that is what takes me a long time to do because it's very like meticulous. I go through and I, Take out like the ums, the just a whole bunch of stuff to make it sound more cleaner. You know, I take out the dead air so it all flows in together a, a whole lot better so it sounds good. He pretty much fixes it up so we don't sound like a bunch of idiots, even though we still do. <laughs> it's hard to fix that. But. No, that's that's not true. We're, we're, we're smart without it. But uh, I wish we could do more episodes per week. I mean, if we did this as a full-time gig, I'd be pumping out fucking like three or four episodes a week, but we can't, I can't, I can't do it as a full-time job, or I can't do it with a full-time job, you know, with us having full-time jobs, it's, it's impossible, 
but I, I wish we could though. Um, also about like the doing videos, like recorded visually. That's a, eventually that's like on our list, like down the road, maybe of doing live shows. But that's something we still have to discuss. Yeah, you know, because our privacy and all that. But eventually, I think it will happen. But thank you, Emily, again. And thank you to everyone who's left a review. I mean, this was an awesome week for reviews. That was an ass load of reviews. It was. It's, I think that's more we've the most we've ever gotten in reviews. So if you survived re- me reading through all that, hats off to you. So do you have any shout outs, Daniel, on Twitter you want to give before I move to Instagram shout outs? Beard Bargus. I was actually talking to him. I asked on Twitter if there's any conspiracies or anything that anybody wants us to talk about. And he says, there was one I saw on a show about tunnels and hills in Fresno, California. I always thought this was interesting because I was born and lived there most of my life. Some have said that they have underground tunnels, etc. on the show. A random van started following the researchers and then they found these massive doors. So I tried to do a little research real quick to see what he was talking about. And I asked about, would that be connected to underground society possibly leaking to a vampiric society? And he's just like, more like dot, dot, dot. And he puts a dancing E.T. Uh, gif up. And I'm just like, oh, so pretty much underground society with, I guess, aliens. Mm. So that's something we can look into. Yeah, it is. I always love me some aliens. Especially E.T. looking ones with glowing fingers. Mm-hmm. Um, so is that, is that it for the Twitter shout outs? Oh, I do actually have one more. It's uh, Jeremy Stapleton. He, uh, he told us to keep, the, keep them coming, guys. So Nice. Thank you, Jeremy. All right, so on Instagram, Renee D sent us a message. It was a picture of Julia Roberts with a eye drawn on her hand and with the caption that reads, Dear World Leaders, we are watching you. And it's a very odd picture. And Gwyneth Paltrow liked it too. Oh. It's very weird. And uh, he said, what's up with this? I don't know what's up with that. Julia Roberts trying to take over the world. A couple more shout-outs I want to give to Chili Chill 17 Sent us some pretty cool UFO videos and links. Uh, Bell's Ma, A18, sent us uh, a theory that Kobe Bryant's helicopter went down on Sunday and that they've read along with coronavirus being a distraction and from the impeachment inquiry that the Kobe helicopter crash and deaths are also used as a uh, distraction. It's pretty much taken over the news and um, that Kobe's death was by helicopter was predicted in a Comedy Central cartoon back in 2017. And she sent us the link to it, which... It shows Kobe going down in a helicopter. Have you seen that? No. Was it a South Park episode or something? Uh, his car. Let's see if I can find it on YouTube real quick. Kobe Bryant helicopter cartoon clip. Yeah, you just type in Kobe Bryant helicopter cartoon clip on YouTube. It's the first thing that pops up. It shows his uh, Kobe Bryant in a helicopter and the helicopter crashing. What a coincidence, huh? Yeah. That's kind of like the um. Juice World, you know, the rapper Juice World, mm-hmm. who died a couple months ago. And before he died, like a couple weeks before he died, there was kids on TikTok that were doing the Juice World challenge that they would play his music in the background. And then they were taking um, Alka-Seltzer tabs and putting them in their mouth 
and foaming at the mouth and pretending like they were having seizures to his music. Oh, yeah. And then like a week or two later, yeah, a week or two later, he ended up dying from having a seizure, which is like, man, that's a weird coincidence. Anyways, all right, I'm going to move on to some emails that I got. Um, So I did get an email from Farmer Mike, and he said that he really likes the topics and the structure of the show and that there was one story that recently came on his radar, and it was called Project Serpo, and it was an entertaining, either an entertaining piece of fiction or the most jaw-dropping alien contact info he's ever heard of. So I ended up looking up this Project Serpo and listening to a podcast about it, and dude, we have to cover Project Serpo in the future. Have you have you heard of Project Serpo? I am not. It's basically back uh, when Roswell happened. One of the aliens survived the Roswell crash, and they he was trying to communicate with his world, where his alien friends were at, or his alien land was at, and that he never got in communication with them. But after he died, that those aliens in that world were communicated with our like government or something. And the government ended up making uh, agreeing with the aliens to have an exchange program where we sent them 12 people and they sent one of theirs or some shit like that. And our government ended up getting 12 people and training them and they were picked up by these aliens and went to this world where these aliens were at. And they documented everything for like 13 years or something. And they ended up coming back and told about it. But supposedly this world that the aliens lived on was like a desert and it had two suns, one brighter than the other, and all this other type of shit. Really interesting story. You know, if it was real, holy shit. But Project Serpo, I mean, it's a lot more detailed than that, but that's just kind of like a quick summary of it. But super good read if you ever get a chance to read it. I'm about to look it up then. Yep, but thank you, Farmer Mike, for that email. Um, Let me see. We got another email from Daniel L., he says, check out Edward Bernays, as he is a likely reason fluoride is in the water. He is also responsible for the West enjoying bacon in their breakfast plate. Enjoy this rabbit hole. Never heard of that person before in my life. So I'll have to look him up, Daniel L., and maybe put him on the episode list. I really wish, like, my goal is that we could have this as a full-time job and just pump out episodes daily. Yeah or multiple times a week, that would be awesome. I would love to do something like that. Just provide podcast after podcast episode after podcast episode. But yeah, that would be fun. I enjoy doing this. Yeah, I, I enjoy it a lot too. Um, dude, this Edward guy is super interesting. He lived to be 103. He was born in 1891 and died in 1995. Dang. What a old bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, I'll have to look him up and read more about him. Thank you for the email. Um, so we got an email from Tyler F. He goes on to say, hello, guys, this is Tyler. was wondering if you guys could do an episode on the moon. I'd love to hear your theories on how it got there because it seems it's a big anomaly that no one can quite explain. Thanks. Keep putting out the truth. You're not alone. Thank you, Tyler. The moon is on our episode list as well we got an entire list that we we update that we go over you know so there's a lot on that list there is a lot on the list anyways thank you for the emails tyler f feel free to email more we love you love you so much so this last email is from china r 
The subject is my strange childhood experiences. They go on to say, hey guys, how is everyone over at Theories of the Third Kind podcast? Hope you're doing great. I just want to let you in on some strange happenings of when I was a little girl. I'm 30 now, so this goes way back to when I was about three or four years old. I'm pretty sure every toddler child loves to play outdoors and, of course, let their imagination run wild. I was that child. I remember living on a normal residential street in a small town here in Colorado, the trees that lined with the sidewalk that seemed to stretch as far as I could see. If I were to stand on the sidewalk and look directly down a ways, I would see, be able to see the side of the sidewalk that got narrow in the distance and the road far, far away that paralleled and the sight of cars so small they looked like little blurry blobs of color moving along the road. I would ride my bike on that sidewalk and stop in awe as I stared directly down the sidewalk. I would not see cars in the distance. Instead, I would see a grayish-black, sometimes a purple mass of darkness, and the darker it got as it stretched further. The trees would appear to be distorted. I wasn't scared. I was amazed. I wouldn't go further down the sidewalk. I kept my distance and just watched and wondered why it looked dark. Though it was a summer day out and was sunny, looking down the street, staring at the darkness, made me feel a little creepy. I remember playing on the grass in our front yard and looking up into the sky. Daytime, sunny out. But for some reason, the sky was red and orange. And I remember seeing faces with horns coming from the, from the tops of the eyes. No clouds, just red and orange skies with faces looking down at me. Whew, what the fuck. I remember running and playing alone in the backyard. Running so fast, I was floating. The faster I moved my legs, the higher I would go. One day I was floating and climbing the tree when I heard a scream up close in my ear. I then got scared. I remember never trying to run fast again. Afraid I would start levitating again and hear that creepy, awful noise in my ear. Our home didn't have a driveway, just a large front yard with a curb to the street where we parked our car. My mother and grandmother were carrying groceries inside the house that day. I remember stepping up to the curve with a small bag of candy behind them with a, when a huge ball of light that seemed to shine everything to a state of being blind for just a moment had came and went within seconds. I was the only one who seen it. Asking my mother what had happened, she had asked me what I was talking about and to run along and play. I remember being scared, but it being but being three or four, I quickly got over it. I remember making fish stop swimming and flip over to float to the top of the tank. When I would tell them to wake up, they would flip back and swim again. I remember doing this with just my mind. I never said a word. This probably sounds stupid as fuck, <laughs> but it's all true. Though it seems the older I get, the more of it seems too distant to remember. These were the memories that I do ponder on. I haven't really told anyone but my husband these events. Please, if you would, give me some input on what you might think was happening to me when I was a child. This all stopped once I turned five years old. Thank you. Keep up the good work. Much, at, much love. Peace out. Uh, five stars. P.S. I got some scary stories from the Res, LOL, Pine Ridge, and Lame Deer. My thumbs hurt. I, I'll write them out next time. <laughs> Thank you, China R for your strange childhood experience um i have something that is very close to that as odd as it sounds 
and I don't think it's, I mean, it might seem odd to some people, but, and they might want to, so people will automatically default to, okay, mental disorder, correct? Yeah. I, I don't, I don't really think so. So I had something very similar happen to me. We used to live on a peanut farm when I was little, believe it or not, Dan, I don't think you ever knew that. No. Yeah. We used to live on a peanut farm and I was, let's see, four years old. I was four years old at the time. And on the peanut farm, my room was directly across my brother's room. So my brother could roll over in his bed and look across the hallway and see my bed and where I slept in my room. I remember so vividly laying in that room at nighttime and I had my Ninja Turtle covers on and it's, I, can, I can feel the covers. I can see the windows in the room. I can see the darkness in the room, the entire room being dark, but the light coming from the moon through the windows illuminated the room. Not a lot, but just enough so I could make things out in the room. I mean, I remember that room to a T. One of the main things I remember about being in that room is laying there and, as weird as this sounds, chewing on my covers. Yeah, I fucking chewed on my covers. Don't ask me why. I don't know why I did it, but I, I chewed on my freaking covers. And looking up into the ceiling and confetti falling all over me. Like, I would be laying in bed and confetti would just start falling from the ceiling. And I wasn't dreaming. I wasn't asleep. I remember watching for it seemed like all night confetti just falling all over me. I mean, just being so amazed. And this happened like all the fucking time. Now, it might have just been the room was haunted, right? But man, I remember that happening to me when I was a kid. And then we ended up moving out of the the farm when I was uh, a little past five. And I really didn't have many crazy things happen after that. I mean, some, but nothing like that. So. I, I, I don't know what it could be. Maybe some, you know how they say kids have some special abilities when they're younger and they tend to go away, you know? Maybe that was it. Maybe I had the ability to conjure up confetti and you, China, had the ability to run or levitate and see things that people could, other people couldn't see and do things with your mind, like have the ultimate fishing pole with your mind. But you have, you have anything like that happen to you, Daniel? When you were a kid? Uh, hmm. I mean, I can recall one instance. Well, it wasn't one, like one time. It happened multiple times. But how do I explain? So when I was younger, I always had a hard time sleeping. And I would open my eyes and the room would be pitch black. But like, you know, you know when you like, you know what's in your room and everything, where everything's located at. And I knew where my TV was. It was up to the left and everything. And in the dark, I would sit, th like, lay there, and I would look in, for some reason, look at the direction of the TV, and as I looked at it, I f more felt like, um, the more I stared in that direction, the smaller I got, and the TV got further and further and further away, so it almost felt like, I guess you could say, almost like an out-of-body experience, almost, like I was being, like, pulled away from something, or pulled by something, hmm. and I would always have, like, I'd always like close my eyes real quick and open back up and I'd go back to normal. But then if I looked in that direction again, it, the same thing would happen. So I would always have trouble falling asleep because for some reason I had to, I wanted to open my eyes. So like I couldn't really keep my eyes closed when I tried to go to sleep. I don't, I don't know. I had that happen for a while. Then as I got older, it stopped. 
Hmm. So I don't know if that has anything to do with it, like match what y'all had going on, but I know it freaked me out. I wish we could do an episode over like um, something like that, like child, what, what would that even be called? Paranormal or child experiences? I, I don't even know what that would be called. Yeah. But there is something there, some weirdness that the, that children have some ability that seems to go away and when you hit a certain age, you know. I think I have a good example of what I went through. You know how, like, you, you see some people when they, like, walk into a hallway and that hallway all of a sudden just, like, starts stretching out further and further and further away? Yeah. That's what was going on with me. Oh, so sort of like a tunnel vision, but stretched out. Yeah. Okay. But it like, and my body, like, it felt like my body was being pulled. Mm. You know, I don't know if I told you this, but at the peanut farm, my brother, I just remembered this. My brother rolled over one time and was yelling for my mom. And my mom told me this, that she came inside there to my brother. And my brother said that there's a man who put my covers over my head, looked at him and told him to shh, be quiet and walked back into my closet. Fuck that noise. Pretty scary. <laughs> yeah. So, and there was also tons of scorpions at that house as well, like all over those ceilings and stuff, all times of night that they would fall down all over my bed, like real ones. That wasn't like the confetti shit. It was, it was real. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's weird childhood experiences, man. Me, you, China, got some weird childhood experiences, the unexplained. Yeah. So if anybody else has any childhood experiences that they would love to share, shoot us an email. I'd love to read some more of these. Uh, also, China, shoot us an email with some other stories you have. I would love to hear them. You're excellent at writing. You're excellent at telling your stories. You should put a book together. Definitely. Um, that's all the emails I have for today. Uh, do you have anything else to say or anything before we wrap this up? Nope, I'm already freaked out enough. <clears throat> okay, understand. Uh, so, guys, I want to thank you for joining this episode today. If you want to get a hold of us, go to theoriesofthethirdkind.com. There you will find our email addresses. So, with that being said, Dan, you want to roll us out? All right, guys, it's okay to be out of this world with your thoughts. Because you're not alone.